Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 171 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today, we're going to talk about the least understood rifles and the least understood handguns. Anytime I am teaching someone about firearms or conducting a basic and introductory class, I know there will always be certain topics that I need to dedicate just a little bit more time to when teaching. I know that when I am teaching somebody about rifles or conducting a basic class, I will get questions regarding trapdoors, rolling blocks, and falling block rifles. The questions will not be centered on the types or the operation of these rifles. Rather, the questions are going to be more basic. Most of the people that I am working with will have a puzzled look on their face and ask, what are these? If a student likes old guns in history, he or she knows what I'm talking about when I mention trapdoor rifles, rolling block rifles, or falling block rifles. Unfortunately, most new gun owners are more interested in the latest and greatest innovations in firearms and not the classic guns that paved the way. Knowing and understanding these primitive firearms leads to the admiration of the soldiers who had to use them. As a firearms trainer or instructor, you cannot omit or overlook part of the lesson just because you don't understand it. It is your job to research and learn a topic well enough that you can teach it or at least have the resources available to know where to look for questions you may not be able to answer right away. These types of firearms have a very interesting history. Trapdoor rifles, rolling block rifles, and falling block rifles should be on every gun enthusiast's shooting wish list. Developed in 1865, 
the single-shot trapdoor rifle was the first breech-loading rifle adopted by the United States military. Up until 1865, muzzle-loading rifles were the standard-issue rifle by our military. While the United States was busy fighting the Civil War, the European countries were developing more advanced breech-loading guns capable of firing self-contained cartridge ammunition. We no sooner finished our internal conflict when we were facing a possible war with France and other countries. The trapdoor was born out of a nation that was cash-strapped because it had just won its civil war. The United States had over 1 million serviceable muzzle-loading rifles that were converted to trapdoor firearms. Master Armorer Erkskeen Allen of the Springfield Armory took the muzzle-loading issued rifle and removed the top of the rear of the barrel. This portion of the barrel was then refitted with a hinge so that it could be rotated up, allowing for self-contained cartridges to be inserted. To operate a trapdoor rifle, the hammer is cocked or pulled to the rear until it is locked into place. The hinged trapdoor is rotated upward until the breech is exposed. A self-contained cartridge is then inserted into the breech. The trapdoor is then closed, locking the action in place. The firearm is now ready to discharge. To discharge, the trigger is pulled and the hammer falls forward, striking the firing pin in the rear of the trapdoor. The hammer then falls forward, striking the firing pin, which strikes the primer of the cartridge. This begins the initial ignition that sets off the powder in the cartridge. The trapdoor rifle saw service between 1865 and 1892. In 1873, the trapdoor became the standard issue rifle adopted by the United States Army. The U.S. military failed to modernize their armament as advanced weaponry was developed. Many historians lay blame of the defeat of General Custer at the 1886 Battle of the Little Bighorn on the trapdoor rifle. The warring Indians, led by Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull, were armed with the newer, superior Henry, Spencer, and Winchester repeating rifles. In 1892, the era of the trapdoor rifle came to an end. The widespread use of smokeless powder led to the development of the bolt-action Craig Jorgensen rifle. This modern rifle became the new standard issue for the United States military and replaced the trapdoor rifle. Rolling block rifles are a single-shot, breech-loading rifle that shot the newly developed self-contained cartridge. This rifle was also known as the Remington Rolling Block. The rolling block rifle was patented in 1863, but was not developed into a workable rifle until 1866. E. Remington and Sons took over the patent and developed this action into rifles and handguns. These actions were referred to as the Remington systems. Remington rolling block rifles were so popular that over half the world's armies adopted rolling block firearms for their armies. Rolling blocks are operated by rolling a circular block to the rear, exposing the breech of the firearm. Rolling block rifles appear to have two hammers. 
the actual hammer is to the rear of the action and rests on the circular block, which rests on the breech of the rifle. To access the breech to insert a cartridge, the shooter must push the hammer down in the locked position. The tang of the rolling block is then rotated back against the hammer. The cartridge can now be inserted into the breech and the block is now rotated forward and locked into place. The rifle is now ready to discharge. To discharge, the trigger is pulled and the hammer falls forward. The hammer nose then strikes the firing pin that extends through the rolling block. The firing pin then strikes the primer of the cartridge, which starts the initial ignition that sets off the powder, sending the bullet down the barrel. Rolling block rifles were in service between 1866 and 1917. Rolling block rifles became standard military issue around the world. Europe, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and even African countries such as Egypt adopted the rolling block rifles and handguns as their military light arms. General Custer carried a Remington rolling block while his cavalry carried trapdoor Springfield rifles at the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Pancho Villa and his men carried Remington rolling block rifles when they raided Columbus, New Mexico in 1916. Falling block rifles were developed in 1885 and are single-shot, breech-loading rifles that fire self-contained cartridges. The block of the firearm slides up and down on vertical machined grooves in the receiver. When closed, the falling block is an extremely strong action. This makes the firearm excellent for high-pressure cartridges. Traditional falling block rifles look like lever-action firearms. They are operated by first cocking or pulling the hammer to the rear until it locks into place. The lever is opened and that drops the action down below the breech. A self-contained cartridge is then inserted into the breech. As the lever is closed, the action is raised back into place, locking the breech closed. The firearm is now ready to discharge. To discharge, the trigger is pulled and the hammer falls forward, striking the block that contains the firing pin. The firing pin then strikes the primer, which sets off the initial ignition that sets off the powder of the cartridge. Falling block rifles were manufactured between 1885 and 1920. Tom Selleck sported a 4590 falling block rifle in the movie Quigley Down Under. Today, falling block rifles are making a comeback. Because these rifles can handle such high pressures, modern falling blocks are chambered in dangerous game calibers. These rifles are also the choice of many competition or long-range rifle shooters. Many of these old rifles have an interesting and exciting history. The more you learn about these guns, the more educated you and everyone you teach about firearms will be. After all, the more interesting a topic is, the more learning will take place. The other type of firearm that is oftentimes overlooked and definitely not very well understood is the single action revolver. Every time I am teaching a handgun class, I always make sure to bring not only semi-automatic pistols, but I also bring single action revolvers for a variety of reasons when teaching somebody the fundamentals of shooting. 
I like using a single action 22 revolver because using the 22 ammunition produces low recoil, low noise, and a new shooter can really focus on their fundamentals of shooting by using a 22. Simply defined, revolvers are handguns with a revolving cylinder. The cylinder of a revolver is the magazine of the firearm, not unlike the magazine in a pistol. The cylinder of a single action revolver can also be removed from the handgun for cleaning and reloading, though not as simple as removing the magazine from a pistol. Revolvers also have chambers, just as pistols do. The difference is a pistol has one chamber and the revolver has a separate chamber for each cartridge it holds. In other words, the cylinder of a revolver serves as a magazine with each cylindrical opening serving as separate chambers. Single action revolvers are different from double action revolvers in how the firing sequence is initiated. With single action revolvers, the trigger does one function. It releases the hammer after being manually cocked to strike the primer of a cartridge to start the firing sequence. With double action revolvers, the trigger performs two functions. When the trigger is pressed to the rear, the hammer is cocked and reaches the breaking point where the trigger falls forward striking the primer of a cartridge to start the firing sequence. The hammer of most double action revolvers can also be cocked into single action mode before pressing the trigger to the rear. The difference of course is if it is an internal or a hammerless revolver in which you cannot manually cock the hammer on hammerless revolvers. Single action revolvers have a storied past that many new shooters are unaware of. Samuel Colt patented the first functional revolver in 1836. That is the year Texas won its independence from Mexico. The revolver that Samuel Colt patented was called the Colt Patterson and it was a black powder cap and ball revolver that had a cylinder capacity of six shots. There were predecessors to Samuel Colt's revolver. In 1718, James Puckle patented a cylinder rotating machine gun that was similar to the Gatling gun, with the exception that the Gatling gun had rotating barrels instead of a cylinder. The James Puckle patented gun was not a handheld firearm, but a large primitive machine gun. In 1818, Alicia Collier patented a rotating cylinder flintlock handgun that was plagued with problems and not considered reliable. During the Civil War, there was a large demand for the development of ammunition that would replace the cap and ball. With many trials and errors with paper cartridges, in 1870, Smith & Wesson introduced their Model 3 44 caliber handgun the single-action revolver was born. This prompted Samuel Colt to follow suit. The development of the Smith & Wesson Model 3 was not the end of the story. There were millions of Colt and Remington cap and ball revolvers in personal and military use around the world, and to refit the population would be cost prohibitive. To modernize the existing revolvers in use, 
Colt and Remington offered conversion kits that converted cap and ball revolvers to self-contained metallic cartridge guns. At the time, a new Smith & Wesson or Colt firearm cost approximately $15, but the conversion kit cost less than $4. It was more economical to convert the old cap and ball firearms into guns that fired the newer self-contained cartridges than it was to buy new guns. The converted revolvers still look like the original cap and ball design at first glance. It was the Smith & Wesson Model 3 and the 1873 Colt that first came out with the classic single-action revolver design. Even though there were many attempts to develop a double-action revolver, that classic look dominated the revolver world until about 1889. This is when Colt introduced the first reliable double-action revolver called the Colt Model 1889. Single action revolvers are still in use today and are still very popular with gun enthusiasts. Colt, Ruger, and many other gun manufacturers still produce and offer new models of these Old West firearms. There are also cowboy action competitions where competitors use the classic single action design in their events. Many firearm trainers are starting to use single-action revolvers in their training. These firearms are proving to be invaluable in teaching new and old shooters alike the proper knowledge, skills, and attitude in properly and safely using a handgun. Shooting a single-action revolver takes considerably more muscle memory than modern strike-or-fire semi-automatic pistols. There are many more steps to follow from the time you load one to the time you fire it. There are approximately 10 steps to load and fire a single action revolver and about six steps to unload it. The correct firing procedure is to first open the loading gate, then insert a cartridge through the access in the side of the frame into the cylinder. Manually rotate the cylinder to the next empty chamber in the cylinder. Most models of single-action revolvers require you to hold the hammer in a half-cocked position to manually rotate the cylinder. Repeat this step until all of the chambers are loaded. Close the loading gate. Next, properly grip the revolver, keeping it pointed downrange and in a safe direction, and raise the firearm up to your eye level. Manually cock the hammer of the firearm with the thumb of your strong hand. Obtain the proper sight alignment and sight picture and work on breath control and hold control. Slowly press the trigger with your index finger until the hammer drops and fires the round. Maintain correct follow through and repeat each of these steps by pulling back the hammer as the cylinder rotates and you're ready to fire again. Repeat each of these steps until your cylinder has shot each of the rounds. Now it's time to unload the spent cartridges that are still in your cylinder. First, open the loading gate. Slightly tilt the muzzle upward while maintaining a safe direction and muzzle control downrange. Line up the chamber of the cylinder with the extractor rod or plunger 
and the opening of the loading gate in the side of the frame of the revolver. Manually push the extractor rod or plunger with the index finger towards the rear, which will then push through the cylinder and eject the cartridge. Most models require you to hold the hammer in a half cock position to manually rotate the cylinder. Repeat each of these steps until all of your fired or even your unfired rounds are ejected from the chamber from the cylinder with the extractor rod or the plunger. Leaving the loading gate open, lay the revolver on the table with the loading gate facing up to display a safe firearm. Take my word, I promise you, if you have never shot a single action revolver, find somebody that you know who has one and invite them to go to the range and ask them if you can shoot it. Single action 22s have been the best training tool and not only to teach a new shooter, but to work on your own marksmanship and practicing those perfect fundamentals because using that single action revolver, it forces you to slow down your process. Think about shooting a semi-automatic pistol. As fast as you can pull the trigger, the rounds discharge. Sometimes you forget how important it is to aim, to breathe, to work on your hold control and your trigger control, and especially your follow through after you fire a shot. How many times have you been to the range and you loaded up a magazine in your semi-automatic pistol and you aim it and you point down range and before you know it, you're empty and out of ammunition. You can shoot really fast and overlook the importance of each of the steps of your fundamentals using a semi-auto. Compared to a single action, it forces you to slow down because you have so many extra steps to do before you can shoot each round one at a time. By slowing down, you are forced to actually see and understand each of your fundamental steps. You must slow down to be able to aim. You have to really think about your breathing, really think about your holding and your trigger press and your follow through. So single action revolvers definitely have a place in training and making you not only a better firearms trainer or instructor, but also working on your own marksmanship skills and becoming a more proficient shooter. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and making memories that will last a lifetime. My name is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit northamericanoutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.